We are live. It's another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast, connecting with you Italian football fans from all over the world. Of course, you guys can imagine I am shot out of a freaking cannon today. Inter Scudetto was confirmed on Sunday, although I'm going to have to lean a little bit on the number one Interista, Jerry Mancini. I'm going to have to lean on Jerry for a little bit of energy uh, because even though I, I, I'm i upbeat, obviously I'm going to be celebrating for like four months. God, the non-Interisti are going to fucking hate me. Like for the next four months, I'm going to be the most hated man on Calcio Twitter because I'm I'm really enjoying it. Uh, but I, I am I, I'm a little bit lower energy than I thought. I had my second Pfizer this morning and like the fatigue is starting to set in. So I'm going to need number one Interista, Jerry Mancini, to carry me. Jerry, I know you keep telling people you're a Laziale, but I know the truth, my friend. I know the truth. Are you celebrating, Jerry? Since Juventus lost and uh, didn't get the not, – not lost the yesterday, but didn't get a Scudetto, yeah, I'm celebrating. Fucking 10 in a row, I would have fucking shot myself in the foot, man. <laughs> Fuck, man. I, guys, I'm so sick. Of, I hope Juventus gets a Europa League spot and they, yeah. they shatter for a decade. Can you imagine if they hit Europa League next year and, and all of a sudden Inter wins nine straight? Can't imagine wow. what Inter fans will be saying for a decade. Oh my God, I I, I will. I'm okay with it. They don't well, bother here's me. The thing, here's the thing. And correct me if I'm wrong. And, and John Nee can speak to this. And I'm going to introduce everybody in short order. But we welcome back John Nee, who's the Juventino on the panel. Look, it, it got to a point, John Nee, where when you win nine straight scudetti, you probably don't celebrate the same way for the ninth in a row that you do for the first, second, and third, because it just becomes habit, right? And, like, I, I noticed something the last couple of days where um, a, a lot of Interisti, and believe it or not, I'm not I'm far from the most obnoxious Interista. There are a lot of obnoxious Interisti on Twitter. I'm not breaking any news for any of you guys. But, you know, there, there's obviously a lot of celebrating. There's a lot of banter. There's a lot of trash talk. Interisti saved a lot of receipts from – you know, Milanisti who are bragging about the winter Scudetto and they're retweeting and throwing it in everybody's face. And I see a lot of these, you know, whiny Milanisti, like, oh, why are these guys being so obnoxious and celebrating? I got news for you, bros. If the shoe was on the other foot, and, and Milan's going to win more Scudetti someday. I, I, I understand that. It's reality. I believe it. And believe me, the next time Milan hoists a Scudetto, I would expect the Milanisti on social media to be equally obnoxious to how Interisti are being. I mean, with the victory come the spoils. Now, maybe over the last couple of years, since Juventus was winning everything for a decade, you know, you guys may not have been quite celebrating a Scudetto on Twitter the same way because for the last few years, you know, uh, winning Scudetti became old hat and you guys are focusing more on trying to win Champions League and all that. But is that, Johnny, is that an accurate assessment that, you know, you, you can probably understand Interisti getting a little bit crazy where for you guys, winning a Scudetto was ordinary after a certain amount of years? No, yeah, for sure. It's really well put. I think after you win nine straight, it almost becomes what you expect. It's the bare minimum when you enter into the season. You don't go into the season thinking we're going to compete for the Scudetto because you're going into the season with the bare minimum being the Scudetto. And I think a lot of fans, like you said, have kind of taken that to their head and got super obnoxious to the point where they kind of wrote it off as a not important trophy and they started looking towards winning the Champions League and when you lose focus like that on make one trophy your sole ambition, that's exactly where you have a season like this season where you just go off the rails and nothing really works out. So, yeah, I think last year, too, when we barely won by one point, I'm pretty sure it was we won the Scudetto last year. Yeah. 
So that's almost like lackluster because I've been expecting to lose for the past like two years. Really, I've been surprised Juventus has won. So I think, you know, you do celebrate that you win, but at the same time, you have to look back and say, you know, look at our midfield last year. You know, we didn't really deserve to win last year, but we did. So there is a celebrating, but, you know, after you've won eight in a row and it's your ninth, you're celebrating, but you're also looking back and saying, you know, look at this team. Dude, we deserve to win, but that's just me. You know, I totally get it. And let me introduce, because this is uh, this man's first time joining us, and I'm a big fan of his work. Of course, I know Jerry is as well. Rafa Rispo at Rafa Napoli. Welcome to the show, man. And listen, uh, you know, I, I think Napoli's going to win another Scudetto someday. A lot of talent on that squad. <laughs> I would fully expect you guys to celebrate like it's New Year's Eve 1999. Oh, yeah. Uh, if we were to win another Scudetto, it'd be big. I mean, you know, the the – Naples lit up when Koulibaly scored that goal against Juve a couple of years ago, you know, to go to within one point, you know, with four matches left, um, the, you know, Naples went insane. Uh, so to imagine if we were to actually have won that, you know, uh, but yeah, man, like, like it would be an absolutely, I mean, I don't even know, like, like you look at, you look at Milano and the way Interisti took to the, you know, to the streets, you know, even with the COVID and the, you know, uh, uh, I believe the, um, the, the municipalities or, you know, the officials that, you know, run the city were trying to control it. And they ended up saying, uh, you know what, we, we can't control this. Just, uh, if you're going to do this, do this responsibly. And, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, you can't blame the Interisti for, uh, uh, you know, uh, celebrating the way they did. Congratulations to you, Alex. As an thank you, sir. Uh, uh, well deserved this season as well. Um, but but I'm I kind of agree with what what Johnny said. Uh, you know, when you when you focus on one tournament, it kind you, you put you all your eggs in one basket. It can backfire because that's kind of what Napoli did that season. Uh, you know, when they were chasing Juventus, they put all their eggs in that one basket. They forgot about the Champions League. They forgot about the Coppa Italia. And they, they hit 91 points, which is a record, you know, record achievement for them. Uh, and it was actually the uh, most uh, a team would collect, the most points a team would collect without winning the Scudetto in history. So, you know, it never really always turns out the way it's supposed to. So for Juventus having done that, I think it was a big mistake. Um, uh, you know, I don't even know what to say about Juventus, to be honest with you. Uh, I, 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 think, I think that there's a problem, and it's not necessarily on the pitch. I think it's within. It's from within. You know, uh, they, they didn't do enough to, to compete because, you know, you at least would have liked to seen, like, Juve Inter on the penultimate day for the Scudetto. That would have been, you know, interesting. Um, but there's a lot of scenarios that could have played out um, this season, and uh, Inter took advantage of all of them. And you know, congrats to you uh, and Johnny. Let's hope uh, let's hope you hang in there, you and your boys. Huh? <laughs> no, yeah, like you said, I should have congratulated Alex too. Like it's definitely, I appreciate it, man. Thank I've been you. Congratulating a bunch. I have a bunch of intermutuals. You know, I see a lot of Juventini. They were so like flabbergasted that Juventus wished, you know, Inter congratulations. But at the end of the day, it's really sport. And like I said before, Inter 100,000% deserved to win it. They had the best attacker in Lukaku all season. They had the best midfield by far. 
and like overall really the best defenders. So you can't really complain. Inter 100% deserves it. And, you know, you guys waited 11 years to win a trophy. So, you know, all the power to you guys. You know, you guys deserve to celebrate this. No hard feelings whatsoever. No, and I love that attitude. And I'm the same way. Even when it comes to, you know, rivalry games, like I I can recall, you know, the the two – well, actually there were three, but the two Serie A Milan derbies this year – you know, Milan took the first of those over Inter. And I sent a congratulations to, you know, friends of mm-hmm. mine like Frank Crivello and Richard Carmen from the Serie A sit down who support mm-hmm. Milan, uh, Rui Pereira. And mm-hmm. like people are like, oh, why are you congratulating these guys? And then on the flip side, you know, when, when Inter in February uh, beat Milan in, in the return, uh, those guys congratulated me. And I see these other Milan fans like, Oh, how could you like never congratulate an Interista? You guys don't understand the rivalry. It's like, dude, at the end of the day, man, it, it, it's a game, right? I mean, it, it, obviously, I can have fun rivalries and I can talk some shit, and we all do it. I don't mind when people talk crap to me. I talk crap to others. It's it, it's part of what makes it fun. But when I have close friends and, and real people that I appreciate. I can be happy for them when their teams win, even if it's a team like Juventus or like Milan. And I, I got to welcome on uh, the next member of our panel. And boy, uh, I, I know Jerry is really thrilled with what Vito Doria's Sampdoria did to Roma over the weekend. I hit a huge 2 0 win. And, and Samp have created some great results. I, you know, I can remember. Uh, you know, late in the in the in, in Inter, are going to see Sampdoria again here soon. But in, in the first go around, Sampdoria took a victory against Inter, so Samp can be a very very tough out. Vito, how you doing? Yeah, doing pretty well. Um, yeah, at the moment now it's eleven uh, fifteen in the morning here in Melbourne, Australia. So yeah, pretty nice day. And uh, from a football perspective, yeah, just glad that we did get. Another win on the weekend because there hasn't been much to play for. We're stuck in mid-table mediocrity, but it's always nice to get these kind of results. And the performance was very good too because we dominated the Giallo Rossi and we probably would have won by a few more goals, especially if uh, Daniel Fusato in the Lupi goal didn't make a few saves. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, Jerry, Jerry, do you, do you want to say a few words to Vito? Because between what Man United did to Roma last week, embarrassing them six to two, and and then Vito Sampdoria get the two nil win against Roma, I know, I know you being the Laziale, you're really enjoying this run of form that Roma are under. Yeah, Jekyll sucks, eh? He <laughs> fucking stinks. <laughs> I, three offsides. Um, what else? He missed the penalty that he got fucking stone cold there. Like <laughs> terrible take. It was a terrible approach. Um, I've never seen a guy like Pete. He's done. He's got to go. And I don't, I don't even think Milik would have done any better because I actually watched some of the game on Friday with the uh, league on and he sucks with Marseille as well. He's another fucking dud. Like the guy is such a <laughs> pylon. I'm sorry, man. Um, I don't know how Milan, how Napoli fans feel about him right now, Rafa. But like the guy, he's bad, man. Like he's such a lazy player. Him and I don't know. You swap if that goes, if that deal goes through, Milik goes to Roma. I don't think it's any better. I think they're both shit in their own ways. That's just me. Like I don't know, Jekyll. He was good. He's peaked. Not the same player he once was. And then with Milik, yeah, he's younger. But I, I think that he, he doesn't have that extra potential that can probably succeed at a bigger club. 
then again, Roma isn't a big club anymore. They are a small club and they're second to Lazio. That's just the way I look at it. And they, Roma has another decade before they become a a top seven club again because if they miss out on European competition next year, they're, they will become a mid-table team when they have $265 million in debt and they'll have to figure out other ways to get that money now. And it's going to be co- costing them their youth. They're going to have to sell a lot of their players to get back in, in, and balance those books. Like, can you imagine if Sassuolo gets the seventh spot? That would be amazing for me because I don't feel bad for – I hate when I have to hear stuff like, oh, Milan has to finish in top four so they can go back to the glory days and, and start being a contender for freaking – for Serie Like, get out of here. Earn it, and that's it. Whoever finishes in the top four – let them do what they have to do to build their teams. I don't want to see the same teams all the time finishing top four. Can you imagine if it's Inter, Napoli, Atalanta, and Lazio finishing top four? I, I'd that love would, to see it. No, no disrespect. That, that is a no disrespect, but I'd love it. That would be a different look to Serie A, something that we haven't seen in over a decade. And I think that could be a very big change moving forward for Serie A. And maybe these bigger teams having to take a step back all of a sudden – allows the league to be more competitive and, and it opens up the door for other teams to now kind of be more competitive against each other. I, I don't know. That's just the way I look at it. But, hey, Vito, impressive performance in Sampdoria. Claudio Ranieri knows how to manage Serie A. Paulo Fonseca, yeah, he, 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 you get one of those question marks on his face. So he's a dud. Um, he's done after this season. And I, I, and, and I saw, you know, they're, they're going to let him finish out the season and they'll probably good. take Probably take Good. a little more L's. I saw that today. Uh, <laughs> I can't imagine how that derby is going to be. The last time Roma played Lazio, it was a, a freaking beatdown. Yeah. And, and if they show up like they did yesterday against Sampdoria, it can be really bad between Lazio and, and, and Roma. Like it's going to get really bad if that's the, the kind of attitude they have. They they just don't look interested. But what did you think, Fido? Because uh, you know you know Sampdoria much better than I do, and uh, they looked really good yesterday, personally. Mm. Oh, we did. And uh, I think it was fitting that Jakub Yanto got the second goal. He's probably been one of our best players this season, if not our best player. So um, he scored six goals and uh, it was another nice finish from him. So I was really impressed. One of the unsung heroes of our team is Morton Torsby, a very blonde-haired, box-to-box midfielder, Norwegian international. So um, he set up the opening goal for Adrian Silva. So really happy with that. Um, looking at the defence, we were missing Maya Yoshida. So uh, the boys, uh, you know, Lorenzo Tonelli and uh, Omar Colley were still able to, uh, you know, keep a clean sheet. And the only time we got beaten was because Roma incorrectly went offside. So, yeah, happy with the performance and the result. And uh, it's the right attitude. So um, we played more attacking, which is probably a bit unusual for Ranieri's side. I- Ranieri likes his teams to defend deeper and work hard, be more effective. But uh, I think this time we showed that we had more cutting edge than the Giallo Rossi. And uh, we even managed to win with Gabbiadini looking fairly ineffective in attack. Keita Bell there only came on as a sub, but he probably should have scored twice. And uh, Fabio Cuellarella didn't even come off the bench. So when you take those things into consideration, it's uh, another impressive result for... The blue chair, Captain. 
Hey, question. Do you feel that your back line is your biggest strength on your team? Because looking, just looking at the names right now, my God, Lazio's defense looks so shit compared to Sampdoria's. Like, Lazio have been leaking goals lately, man. I mean, you've been getting some good results, but leaking goals. Yeah, and, and I'm looking at Sampdoria's back line, and I'd love to hear what you think, Vigo, because that's not a bad back line, man. Like, seriously. Uh, look, it's getting a bit better, but I think more than anything, uh, any good defending on Sampdoria's part is more down to Ranieri's style of coaching and his organization. Some of the players were already there when we had Marco Giampaolo as the coach. And whenever we play with a high defensive line, uh, those players could get exposed, especially if we weren't effective in possession. Uh, those guys on the day are quite good, like Tonelli. He can have a good day and he blocked the top chance from Borja Mayoral early on. But this season, he's probably had a few bad days. In saying that, though, I reckon our fullbacks have really gone up a level. Uh, Tomás Algelo, I think, has been a revelation. Uh, I will honestly say that he, sh he should be in consideration for the Italian national team. I think he's at least he's playing more regularly than Emerson Palmieri at Chelsea. Mm -hmm. I think he's a much better player than um, Cristiano Biragi at Fiorentina. Uh, Biragi is probably mm -hmm. suited to the Viola. He didn't show he was good enough to play and maintain a spot at Inter. So I think he's worthy of consideration. The only guy who I reckon is better when he's fit is uh, Leonardo Spinazzola from Roma yeah. on the right. Um, Bartos Berezinski's probably had his best season, and usually he's rather erratic. He can make some very silly defensive errors, but uh, he scored his first goal a few months back for the club. And even defensively, he's improved too. And there have been some games where he's made some rather outstanding blocks. So um, hard to say what our strength is these days because I think all around we've got our good points in each department and even our weak spots. So um, if we speak specifically of the back line, I say it's more down to Ranieri's coaching than the individual qualities of the players. I, I got a couple uh, questions for Rafa as uh, and, and really there, there's there's so many so many compelling uh, topics here with, with a lot of our teams. I mean obviously I'm, I'm chilling over here and and Vito is uh, chilling mid table but when it comes to Napoli, Juventus and Lazio, there are so many so many Champions League spots up for grabs. but first of all, Rafa for the future of Napoli, I can't help but see all of these links to Luciano Spalletti. Now, I, I, I'm going to ask you how, how seriously you take it. Now, if Spalletti were to end up Napoli's uh, manager next season, yeah, I, I can certainly give my endorsement. I mean, the, the guy is a little bit of a looney tune, uh, and, and I think I, I still think Napoli uh, can make Champions League this year. But if, if they don't, certainly I think Spalletti could get them in Champions League next year because th this Napoli team is more talented than both of the inter-teams that Spalletti took to Champions League in uh, 2018 and 2019. So I have no doubt he could do good things there. So are those out of left field? Do you think Luciano Spalletti could be your manager next year? Well, here's the thing, okay? Uh, I, I personally think that um, Gattuso has a claim to stake, basically, if, if, he, if he were to stay. You know, uh, I think that I think that he deserves to stay. Um, 
getting Napoli from where they were, not only last season when he took over for Angelotti, uh, but, um, you know, this season as well, um, down to as low as ninth. And now they're fighting the, and they could, they could end up in second place. Uh, I think it'd be mad to let him go at this point. And I would actually like for him to stay, even if we don't make it to the champions league, I think Gattuso deserves another season um, without the COVID uh, schedule, the bunched up COVID schedule without hopefully as many injuries as they sustained this season. But I think the realistic situation is that if Napoli don't finish top four, they will get a new manager. And and I'm inclined to believe that Spalletti is the top choice because of all of the whispers in you know the uh, the media. Uh, granted, Napoli have been on a Silencio Stampa for about two months now, probably That's even right. more. Yeah. Um, so you know, there's not a lot coming from Camp Napoli, but. Sources close to Napoli. In fact, Carlo Avino had tweeted out that he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't bet ten cents that Gattuso stays next season, regardless of what happens. And that's Carlo Avino, who's a very close source to Napoli. Um, uh, Spalletti, for me, I mean, I'm not a huge fan. Um, when I hear Spalletti, I just feel like okay, overrated. Um, but the facts are. He did take an Inter that was banter era Inter and got them to the Champions League. Uh, he 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 took Roma back uh, from when he came back from Russia and had them four points within Scudetto in seven in sixteen seventeen. Um, you know he had his thing with Totti, which mm. you know scares me when it comes to. In guys like Insigne or yeah, that's know, a great point. You, you know, you know, it, to me, it's just like, <sighs> listen, I, I'm not going to put down what Spalletti has done in his career, but at the same time, I think it's a sideways move. I think that in terms of the, the, the locker room, in terms of the togetherness of the club and how much they love Gattuso and want to play for each other. I mean, if you go back to not this past weekend, but, the uh, last weekend when when Tor- when Napoli went to Torino and played against them and Bakayoko scored the opener you know Bakayoko's been having a pretty tough season uh this this year he started off okay but he's had a pretty tough season but that goal that he scored uh, go back and watch the replay and look at how happy the whole team was for Bakayoko you know the entire team jumped on him as if he scored a, a cup winner you know so, so a guy that is really getting slammed by the media, slammed by the fans, slammed, the team is is like thrilled for when he gets his goal, you know. And uh, coincidentally enough, that was his second uh, match winner this season, you know. So he's been playing bad, but you know that was another match winner for him. So it just to me it shows the unity of the team, and I think that if you break that up, whether got to whether Napoli finishes top four or not, I think you I think you're gonna. You know, unless you want to revolutionize, like you're going to get a new manager, you're probably going to bring in a new DS. I don't know how, uh, how, how secure Juntoli's job is anymore. Uh, and you want to bring in new players to suit Spalletti as well. You know, that's all well and good. But I think that if we make the Champions League, I think the best bet would be just to, for, for Gattuso to stay. Because if we're going to replace Gattuso, we may as well go the extra step in getting the Allegri 
or dare right. I say Mourinho, because he's he's you know he's available. Not that Mourinho is a coach that he was before, but it's a name, it's a presence, it's gonna you know it's gonna raise eyebrows. You know what I mean? You don't. You, to me, you don't go Luciano Spalletti to like show awareness. You know, like to, right. to, to to grow grow the awareness in Europe. I think Napoli's main goal is to get to the top four. De Laurentiis had said from the beginning of the season, if Gattuso gets us to the Champions League, he gets another contract. Um, they were supposed to sign the contract. They decided to hold off because they were at ninth place. They went into Silencio Stampa, and we don't know anything from there. So who really knows what's going on behind the scenes? But I would say I'm probably at about 60-40 Gattuso, Gattuso stays, and that 40% would probably spell at these jobs. Yeah, and certainly uh, Jerry and I have both been pro Gattuso, and and I think uh, and Jerry, correct me if I'm wrong, but our our friend uh, Joe Fischetti from Fortsanopoli Pod, uh, he's he's pretty pro Gattuso as well. Like he, especially if they make Champions League, like, I I don't think you're going to find too many Napoli supporters who want to kick this guy to the curb. No, he. So, sorry, I, I thought you were talking. Okay, so, sorry about that, Rafa. No, 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 no. No worries, go ahead, dude. Jerry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, no go, go, go. Well, what I was gonna say, what I was gonna say is, is this: is Gattuso's got faults. He does. He's got faults. He's a relatively new manager. You know, his his sometimes his substitutions, you know, are a little, you know, raise a little eyebrows here and there. Sometimes he waits a little bit too long for substitutions. You know, the tactics I don't want to hear about because tactics, 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 tactics. Look at how many injuries he had over the. Alex, I'd I'd be, I don't know if I'm wrong. I I don't think I'm wrong if I say that if Napoli had suffered half the amount of injuries that they did during this this uh, season, uh, they'd be neck and neck with Inter for a Scudetto race. I wouldn't even be I over yet. I'm not yeah. saying Napoli would pip pip Inter to the Scudetto, but what I'm saying is, it would be a lot closer if you ask me. Um, yeah. Yes, everybody dealt with COVID. Yes, everybody dealt with. Uh, you know, injuries, everybody deals with injuries, everybody deals with COVID, everyone. But Napoli got slammed. I mean, when you're missing seven or eight starters at a, at the same time, you know, when you have no back center back duo in Koulibaly and Manolas, and you have no striker either, and Mertens is out, and Chucky Lozano's out all the same time, I mean, you know, it's, it's inevitable that we're going to drop points. But Gattuso was the fall guy for all that. And sometimes rightfully so, but a lot of times unfairly. And, you know, there are people out there that need, that want to see a new, a fresh, you know, manager come in, someone with more tactic, tactical ideas. But sometimes the tactics just don't matter, man, because Napoli are winning games 5-2 against Lazio, 4-1 against Atalanta in the beginning of the season, 6-0 twice against Genoa and Fiorentina. You know... I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Napoli along with Atalanta and Bayern Munich are like the top goal scorers in top five, you know, European leagues this season. And it's, it, you know, we, we, we've scored almost 20 more goals than we did last year. And, and we're probably at this point now, we're probably the most improved in points being that how Milan has dropped so many uh, over the, over last season as well. So I don't think that it's fair that he gets, what the, the, the crap that he gets. A lot of times managers get the fall for a lot of things and they don't get enough credit for things that they do right. That's how there I feel. Go. 
absolutely. Think, and and I want to ask you a question. Oh, oh Jerry, you, you can go ahead if you want. I think, to I think a big factor to their downfall was being in all competitions for such an ex- extended period of time, and it really hurt their squad, especially when they were, didn't have a lot of players available to them, and somehow advancing further into Coppa Italia, advancing further in the round of, in the Europa League. Um, in the league, they, they were still focusing on it. And this kind of reminds me of Lazio of two seasons ago when they had their first, the worst season under with uh, Sergei Malinkovic-Savage and Luis Alberto. Right. Coming off a, a, a very impressive year where they just came short against Inter for finishing the top four 2017-18. They follow up the following year, 2018-19, playing in all three competitions. And somehow they've salvaged their year, winning the Coppa Italia, and they finish, I believe, eighth in, in the league. And... It, there's similar characteristics here between Napoli and 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 Nap, sorry and Lazio where Lazio really dipped off. They didn't have the depth, whereas Napoli does have the depth, but didn't have the depth in, in a way because of how many injuries they had and how much it really right. hurt their, their season. So, so it, it sounds weird, but they do have the personnel to to call upon off the bench. But how do you have it if you? If it's all like you said, eight guys out and playing in all three competitions, and Michael Lisi said it perfect to me on a side chat today. Maybe Inter did kind of like tanked your uh, Champions League in a way where they just focused on the league and they thought one priority. It's possible where they managed and they put all their eggs in one basket. Were, ha- were able to have a healthy roster. They limited their injuries. They were able to focus what they had to on the, on the main goal. It, I know a lot of people probably won't think that Inter didn't tank it, but there's a 50-50 chance where some teams maybe just say, hey, you know what? We know we're not going to go all the way in Champions League. It's not going to help, and we're, we're going to just focus on what we can win. So it, it's possible, but you, you'll never know if that's actually the case. There's always going to be well, – no. Here, here's here's the thing too, Jay. To go to touch back on what you said before, Napoli played in the first leg of the Europa League round of uh, 32, where they had to play Granada. Right now, we're thinking, okay, Napoli, Granada, easy. Napoli should take care of it, even though it's a Spanish team. I always said it's going to be tough because a Spanish team you can never you can never underestimate. But this was a tournament we wanted to win, especially after the death of Diego Armando Maradona. We wanted to lift this Europa League trophy because he did it. We wanted to honor him with it. But let me let me let me just read to you the starting the starting eleven. Meret in goal after Ospina had been the starter all season long. Ospina was the number one starter. Meret in goal. Mario Rui, Maximovic, Ramani, Di Lorenzo. So right there, you're missing Kulibali and um, Manolas. You had Elmas and Lobotka in the double pivot. Lobotka has been awful, horrid. Tr- tr- treacherous elmas mm, elmas has potential but he hasn't been the greatest either and then they had to use fabian on the left with insignia at the number 10 and politano on the right with Osimhen as the starting striker uh and like you said jerry this was this was a team that was decimated by injury i'm counting one two three four five six six players on the bench were from the primavera squad wow okay Filling filling in spaces. And this is a Primavera B squad. Not Primavera Serie A, Primavera B. Those guys were relegated from Primavera A last season. They're playing against second division Primavera teams. And they're they're coming in asking to 
they're asked to play in a Euro- suit for Europa League. You had Zielinski on the bench, Bakayoko on the bench, and that's it. That's all you had from the from your from your starting, you know, your 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 main squad. But but how is that a, the two nil loss to to Granada? Everyone keeps saying, "Oh, well, it's Granada. You should still be able to beat them." You 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 have your depth players are the best play depth. You have the depth best depth in the league, the best depth in Italy. Yeah, but when your entire starting eleven is decimated and you have to play your your depth as the starters. And you have nobody to sub them in out for. What what do you expect? What do you expect? You know, it wasn't until the second leg where the team started getting more. You know, back Mertens came back. Uh, Lozano was back by then too, and it was just too late. You couldn't do it. But 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 that during that stretch, that's what was on our bench, guys. And everyone was saying, "Play the kids, play the kids, play the kids." Well, we're fighting for a Champions League spot. You're gonna play the kids. And how is that Gattuso's fault? A lot of people are saying, well, well, his lack of rotation got everybody else injured. No, the fact that the schedule was so compact. Now, I won't deny that there could be an issue with, you know, Napoli physio. You know, maybe we should take a look at that too. But at yeah. the same time, how is all of this Gattuso's fault? You have, a, I guarantee you have half the team that that was injured on on that pitch and those other guys sitting on the bench we would have had a better shot at granada and we would probably still even be in the europa league so it's not fair it's not fair to jump on him he doesn't get all the blame for me and i really feel like if he is to leave if he is to be fired he got the raw end of the deal I wanted to ask you a quick question, and then I'm going to ask Johnny a similar question about Juventus. But you know, Rafa, when it comes down to it, you know, four fixtures remaining. Yes or no? Is Napoli going to make Champions League? They're going to, and here's why. I agree. I was just talking to my fiance about this on the on the way home. Her and I are like, I mean, she's she's becoming like the biggest Napoli fan, also. So, um. So she asked me what the deal is. Like, what's the deal? Why is everybody up in arms about this draw against Cagliari? Well, because if we had won, we'd be in a four-way tie for second, third, fourth, and fifth yeah. instead of two points behind. Now, Juve Milan play on su- on Sunday. Sunday or Saturday? Is this Sunday? Sunday. This weekend. Mm-hmm. Someone's dropping points there, right? Mm-hmm. Napoli have to win. Worst-case scenario, Napoli lose – Someone else, someone has dropped points, so we're still two points behind somebody, right? Fourth place. Uh, hopefully, if we lose, Lazio don't win, <laughs> but that's a whole other story. <laughs> but, but say we do draw against Spet. Now, this is against we're, we're playing against Spezia, a team we, we lost to late earlier this year, right? So, we want redemption against Spezia. I really, I, in my heart of hearts, don't think we're going to lose. So, let's just say, for argument's sake, we win. Juve lose, Milan lose, they drop points, we slide into the fourth spot. You know, they draw, we get even further, we're in third. But not only is this weekend that that we have that advantage, but in the penultimate game, Juve play Inter. And I'm telling you right now, I don't care that Inter won the Scudetto. They will be out for blood because if it's an opportunity to knock Juventus out of the Champions League, they're going to take it. You yeah. want to take Ronaldo and your main threat in the Champions League domestically out of the Champions League. 
So they're gonna take that. They 100%. might play the ki- they might play the kids for the next two weeks, and then yeah, we we have uh, we have match- Sampdoria coming up this week, and 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 they 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 may take it very easy on Samp. Sure, but yeah. yeah, I think they're gonna save some energy for Juve. Samp's outside chance of qualifying for the Europa Conference League as well outside, but you know if Roma tank as much as they've been, they 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 can make it, but but. Then you also have the final match of the week uh, of the season is Atalanta versus Milan. So that's another match where where two of these teams are guaranteed to drop points. So literally, Napoli could like win the next win two and tie two in the next four and still make it to the Champions League. So Napoli's probability of getting in are, is very, very high. Let's not forget that Juve and Atalanta play in the Coppa Italia final midweek before the final match of the season. So there's a trophy on the line, you know, it's, it's all going (laughs) to, it's all going to unfold. Not to mention Lazio's match that they're going to end up playing against Torino at some point, you know, we have to watch May 13th, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the the weekend after, uh, Versus uh, Roma, I think it's uh, oh. yeah, it's the weekend after. It's on the Tuesday at two thirty. Okay. Yeah, it's it's already been scheduled, and uh, yeah, I keep going. They know. I'm, so, I'm, I'm just there. You go. There you go. So so, it would be totally Napoli for us not to make the Champions League. It would be totally Napoli for us not to uh, capitalize on a situation that we can gain control. But I just think that the 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 chips fell right into Napoli's lap this season and i think it would be a disaster if they don't make it to the champions league in the situation that they're in right now i do i do think that so um you know my heart says we're going but i think i think we're i think we're really we really have a a very good chance i mean spezia uh, we play spezia we play fiorentina we play verona and there's one more game uh, in there that I don't remember who we play against, but it's all it's all basically bottom bottom. Oh, Udinese, Udinese as well. So you know, it's it's all it's all in our hands, man. We 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 we've got it in our even even though we drew this week, we dropped points. You know, Atalanta dropping points was very very big. Um, <laughs> I tweeted this out. Ronaldo, Juve without Ronaldo is a mid table team. Johnny, you could probably confirm that. Because uh, Ronaldo saved them this weekend. Oh yeah, um, and mm-hmm. and I really really feel like Napoli's quality is there to make it to the next level. Well, and, and Johnny, let me bring you in on that note because obviously um, style points not necessarily there, but a massive massive mm-hmm. three points against Udinese where Ronaldo helped uh, Juventus snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. So th- th- those obviously are, are huge points in this battle for Champions League. So, you know, we, we just uh, – we talked to Rafa about his his uh, confidence in Napoli making Champions League. What about you for Juventus? Yeah, I can't share the same confidence that uh, Rafa does. I really don't think they're going to make the Champions League. You know, as like, clinical as that might sound, I just don't see how it can happen because, like, like you guys said, Ronaldo did save Juve at the end. But, you know, you can't really neglect – how the first 83 minutes of that match was played. And once again, it was just an embarrassing performance all around. Before uh, the game and during halftime, I said, you know, Juve just watched their nine-time, like Scudetto, uh, fade away to their biggest rivals in Italy. 
And how do they come out after seeing this? They come out flat. They come out uninspired. They come out with zero passion, with zero drive. You know, they look like a team that's completely and utterly mentally exhausted. And that reflects in Pirlo. If you watch any of his pressers before the games, the day before, he just looks like he doesn't have an answer for anything. He looks like depressed. He looks sad. He doesn't really have any answers. He just kind of says, you know, our goal is to make the Champions League. And for a team like Juventus, I think that kind of sums it up. You know, you come off of winning for nine Scudetti in a row, and now your goal is to just make the Champions League. So I think everybody feels it. And when you look at the remaining fixtures Juve have left, it's going to be very, very tough. You know, Chiesa is still not fit. And to me, that's probably the MVP for the season. And uh, it really shows the quality because Juve have an extreme lack of playmakers and an extreme lack of just quality who can put a cross in. Really, the like two main ball players right now are Bonucci and Quadrado. And those are the only two ways the ball is getting into the box to me. And, you know, when you look at the 83 minutes Juve played, just, you know, it just showed again, like there's no drive. And I really don't see how they can beat Inter. You know, like you guys were saying before, Inter's going to come out. You know, they already ripped Scudetto away from Juve. Now they're going to want to spit in their face too, right? So there's yeah. no way Inter's not going to come out full gear. And I really don't know how Juve can have any answers for Inter. Yeah, and it's a weird one, Johnny, because on the one hand, like from Inter's point of view, I mean, obviously uh, for Conte, there's certainly a grudge there. And I'm sure the players for pride would want to beat Juventus at the same time. Um, I, I still think that it's hard to fake desperation, but mm -hmm. but then on the flip side, um, like you said, you know, Ju Juventus should have been playing with passion, and they didn't get anything mm -hmm. until the 83rd minute. So I, I don't I don't know what Juventus is going to show up. I don't know what their mentality is going to be like. Like like I, I thought, Rafa hit the nail on the head. I mean, I, I, Inter I think are going to throw everything but the kitchen sink at Juventus. Whereas for for some of the other games that are left, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if if Conte rests some guys and goes deep on the bench. But for that matchup, I'm not expecting it. I'm expecting him to to throw out his best uh, 11 or something close to it. Uh, but mm -hmm. at the same time, it's like Inter will play for pride. They'll play without fear. But it's like they, they won't have the same desperation. So if Juve can show up in that match and actually play like a team fighting for their Champions League lives, um, you know, they should have, you know, some sort of a, an aggression or mental edge over Inter. I, I just don't know uh, where that version of Juventus is because I'm not seeing it right now. Mm -hmm. The number one thing for me, the issue is lack of mentality. Every single match that they've struggled, I think there's just been this lack of mentality. In the past years, uh, you know, Juve may have been playing not very well, but at the end of it, they just have this desire to win. And I just don't think Pirlo is translating that. And there's just some players who honestly, I just don't think care. You know, they're there for their salary and they don't really care, like not to call out any players. But when I look at Aaron Ramsey and Rabio, who are making combined 14 million euros, I don't see this Juventus spirit that has existed in players in the past who maybe have not been to the same, like, I don't know, reputation. Not that they're like these amazing players, but they do have big enough names in Europe. But even smaller players to a degree have had this fighting spirit more. And, you know, I just really don't see how, you know. Sassuolo's coming up too, and they've been playing really yeah. well. I, yeah. Do you really think Sassuolo is going to not take a chance at uh, taking down Juve? Everyone, like all the dogs, are after Juve right now. And the way Sassuolo's playing, they, you know, took a, took some points off Atalanta, who, in my opinion, has probably been the strongest team bar Inter this season. Who Juve also have to play and think about that game too. So, well, see, and 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 that's something I want to really step in for. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Juve's schedule is awful. I mean, they couldn't have the worst schedule. Like, they you know, they have Milan this weekend, then Sassuolo, mm-hmm. then Inter, mm-hmm. then the Coppa Italia mm-hmm. final, and mm-hmm. then they finish against Bologna, who's, who's you know, at the moment still still could be relegated let's just let's just say mm-hmm. that uh you know bologna is never never easy either and it's the last match but by then they might even be out of the champions league running you know what i mean johnny and and mm-hmm. and sure. you have inter, you have inter you have inter four three days before four days before whatever you know mm-hmm. the coppa italia final so so yeah. let's face it that that weekend Mm-hmm. Will not will either set will either like knock Juve out of the Champions League or get them in. It's mm-hmm. it's the penultimate weekend and nothing will be settled by then. It just won't. The way the points are, it won't be settled by then. So Juve have to throw everything at Inter mm-hmm. to get to the Champions League, and then mm-hmm. they have a cup final. What they, yeah. they have to play the yeah. same team. Mm-hmm. They have to play the same team against Atalanta. Yeah. Atalanta is going to decimate this team in the Coppa Italia mm-hmm. final. They really will. The Sassuolo, the Sassuolo match next mm-hmm. weekend. Sassuolo mm-hmm. are two points out of Europe. That seventh place spot is a Europa mm-hmm. Conference League spot. Now, whether it be the Conference League or not, I'm pretty sure Sassuolo want to go to Europe next season as well. They're two points behind mm-hmm. Roma. They they're gonna go after Juve also. It's just not a good for situation sure. for Juve, and I mm-hmm. I not as a Napolitan, not as a Juve. <laughs> I, I can't stand Juve. Not as not as a Juve hater, <laughs> yeah, but as a realist. As a no, but mm-hmm. as a realist, do Juve really have the best chance of going to the Champions League even with Ronaldo? They don't. For me, they, they don't. don't. Mm-hmm. Now no I want to I want to br- bring in because uh, we 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 have the benefit here. Uh, of an impartial voice, uh, you know, and, and it's not to say that that Rafa, Johnny, and Jerry aren't, aren't incredible at breaking this down, but we, we have the pleasure of having Vito with us. And, and Vito, when, when you look at these three Champions League spots that are up for grabs, what's your prediction on on who takes them? Because it's what it's basically five teams fighting for three Champions League spots for sixteen. Well, well, I'm still confident that Napoli can be one of those teams. So, obviously, Inter have won the Scudetto. Atalanta have been strong this season, despite some hiccups. Um, Napoli, I think, when they do have the best team available, can play some scintillating football. And it would be a shame if Gattuso did get sacked if um, they don't make the Champions League. Uh, that fourth slot's a bit tricky, though. Uh, Milan in the second half of the season have had the share of struggles. The contract talks of Gianluigi Donnarumma and Hakan Chakonoglu, I think they've uh, had some sort of impact as well. And to be honest, uh, one of the bizarre things with Inter is they've got something like three options on the left wing. They've got Ante Rebic, Rafael now, and uh, Hans-Petter Halder. But they did not address the right wing situation. So I think that might come into play in some way, because Samu Castillejo is not even good enough to sustain a spot. Salamakers is a hard worker, but he's someone that doesn't have the mercurial talents to unlock a game and bring X Factor. So I think um, they're going to struggle there. But Juventus, the problem, and it's not just the recent phenomena, it's happened for years. They just really haven't fixed the midfield properly. They've got all these free 100%, 100%. signings. 100%. They're not, yeah, they're not... Um, they're either just um, workmen like midfielders or more the defensive type, but they lack genuine creativity. 
Um, not having Miralem Pjanic anymore has been detrimental in that regard. So I think from next season onwards, they've really got to look at far more creative midfielders and try to look at players who can uh, play the ball a bit more. So one of those players is Manuel Locatelli from Sassuolo. Um, I think he'd be a fantastic acquisition for Juve. Um, Juventus have been linked with uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini from Roma, but these really true Romanistic types, they rarely leave Rome. So I don't, I doubt that will happen. And although Nicolo Zaniolo has had two serious knee injuries, if uh, Juve can get him at a discount, I think he's someone who can play in the hole. And if he can bounce back, I think he too can bring some spunk to Juve midfield. But the way Juve is now, I think they're probably better off missing out in Champions League probably cashing in on Ronaldo and Dybala, saving on those wages, and then um, they can, um, you know, rebuild in different departments uh, nicely. So I think, yeah, this should be a time to rebuild. As for Lazio, they got some hope. I think although they have those defensive vulnerabilities, they've shown that they still have some firepower. And when you've got Correa in the form he's had in the last couple of games, Immobile has scored 19 goals. He's consistent. And um, in the wing-back positions, usually with Lazzari and Fares, and sometimes if Marosic is playing left wing-back, he's played well. Malinkovic, Savage, Luis Alberto, midfield. So at least offensively, Lazio do have the weapon. So it can be exciting. Um, yeah, I'm going to be negative about Juve. They'll probably miss out this time, and I think it'd be for the best if they did, just so they can properly rebuild and properly assess on and off the pitch. Milan, I think it'd be a shame if they missed that because they've had such a good start to the season. But yeah, I think it shows they've had some gaps in there. But I think Napoli can capitalise on that. And based on recent form, even Lazio is capable of sneaking in. Do you, do you agree, Jerry? And then you and I had a conversation earlier today on my onside radio show, and I, I let you make the case for Lazio. But make it here because uh, you're, you're pretty confident that Lazio are going to find a way to close this out in the top four. So I'm going to be honest, and I, I wrote off the one guy who has been probably the and – and if Lisi's watching this, we've actually – and I, and I like Lisi's opinions off record because he's very open-minded and he understands because he's a coach too. And we kind of talked about this a while back, I think it was last season. And the, and the guy who is the most important to Lazio up there to have any success in the last five games is Lucas Leva. He's the guy who is key to this team. Um, I know that you know what you're gonna get from SMS. You know what you're gonna get from Luis Alberto. You know what you like like Vito just said. You got Chiro Immobile who's scoring. I think aside from Lucas Leva, Vito hit it on the nail, hit on the head. Correa is the other guy that had to step up, and, and that has been the case in recent time. He he has the potential to, to score, and that's what he's doing now. But Lucas Leva is the drive. He holds the midfield together. When you take out Lucas Leva, I, I truly believe that SMS and Luis Alberto are not as effective at times as when Lucas Leva is playing at his at his level. And we saw that the last two games. How how vital was he against Milan, where he won numerous challenges? He was the fourth man in the back end, making key challenges, helping the defense, um, making key passes into the final third. That's where, when Lucas Leva's on his game, he really controls 
he covers a lot of space. He he covers a lot of ground, and he does everything that people don't notice. I think the central defensive midfielder role is probably one of the biggest and hardest positions to to play on the pitch for how much you need to cover and, and what your responsibilities are. And when Lucas Leva is not playing near to his level, we kind of struggle in the midfield, in my opinion. Um, you guys probably have seen how he's played in, in past seasons where he's kind of been that trident, like that like holding gel to Luis Alberto and SMS. And I think that if we continue to get – even yesterday he was very good against Genoa. And I know that he had a poor performance against Napoli, and I, and I wrote him off after that game. But – if it wasn't for him, he was a major factor in the last two games, and and I think that that's the guy who who I'm gonna be looking at in the last five games, and he is the key for me. And if we can play nearly to at least seventy five percent, because he's no longer the type of player he was, and then that's come with a lot of playing time in the last couple of seasons. But if we can get him at, at a at a strong level, this is a strong chance for Lazio. Like. And, and additionally, apparently Luis Felipe is expected to return to the lineup this weekend. That has been another talk. And that is a massive boost to a Lazio back line that has been depending on Marisic. Now, here's the thing. If Felipe comes back, now you got a proper starting uh, center back at the right side. Now you can put Marisic back to left wing back which now you bring Lulic off the bench. And then you got as well Fares, who's starting to look good. So the return of Felipe can be really massive down the last five games. And he's been a big miss. And when we started the season, talk about injuries. Radu, Acherby, and Felipe was supposed to be our starting three in the back end. They have accumulated five games together all season. Five games. And that has been a major factor to why our back end hasn't been able to compete and be as good as they were last year. These three combined had, I believe, six of their 11 clean sheets last season. And I think that's a major factor of what they have been able to do, building chemistry, stability there. Like, So... And I thought Wesley Hoot did a good job yesterday. He came in, he played a simple game, didn't take any risks. What He filled in perfectly for a Chirby yesterday. I don't think he was the problem when we conceded three goals. It was Lulich game beat on the first game, not having any pace and just, just getting dummy bad. The second goal was Cataldi taking a, a really poor foul in the box. That could have been a red card in my opinion because he really put a – he put a stomp on the – I forgot who it was, but it was a bad foul. And then the third goal was just poor defending right away and down the wing. These are just – these are goals that we we concede that are so easy to avoid, but these are Lazio mistakes that are never going to be fixed. But like I said, Felipe comes back to the lineup, and, and I, I really feel that that is a massive boost for our back end. Really well said. And uh, guys, but before we close out this episode, uh, I want to offer a huge thanks, uh, not only, you know, to the Interista who watch and listen to us, but really everyone from the cultural community, because I I love the fact that, you know, even on on this episode, 
you know, we can unite with with a Napoli supporter, a Juventino, a Laziale, a, a Samp supporter, and, and and we can all have great conversations and have a good time. And and yeah, there there are certainly some assholes out there who are just gonna banter nonstop and not respect other people. But so many from the cultural community, no matter what team they support, are are respectful to me, and I try to treat everyone the same way. So I, I love the fact that we can all together. We can all get together, and and even if we may all be uh, looking at different things for our clubs, we can all celebrate our love for Calcio together. So uh, it's a lot of fun, and, and we'll we definitely. Got a final topic. We got a final topic. Ronaldo. What do we got? Uh, well, do, you, do you think this is? A, you think you're going to get away with all talking about Ronaldo's beautiful? With you, I should have known better. What, he scored twice uh, yesterday, Jerry. What, what mother do you have? Motherfucker, man. Fuck him. Fuck him, that son of a bitch. You think I, I wasn't going to talk about Ronaldo and tell him to go fuck himself, scoring that, that brace? That first goal was a – was oh God, i I never seen a guy get more see penalties. The, you see the of the week? Oh, no, the chooch of the week is DePaul, man, taking that freaking hand ball. I'm sorry, yeah. man. Fucking bonehead. Ball, yeah. yeah, man. Bonehead move. Like, they played such a good game. And then in that second goal, what the – what kind of defending was yeah. that? That was the like, goalkeeper. I can't believe he didn't even get a hand. I don't know how that went, and I really don't. Oh, I don't man. either. I've never seen – it's not because Ronaldo's so good that he scored that. It was just right place, right time, shit defending, and shit goalkeeping. That's all it was. It wasn't like he outmanned him. The guy <laughs> fucking literally stared at him and like, hey, you can score for free if you want, you fucking <laughs> – you stupid asshole. Like, oh, God. I fucking hate and then I got to hear listen, the Ronaldo lovers come on and fucking. Oh, you. they hate you. Listen, you should see my comments after that goal. Oh, my God. Yeah, poor Johnny. I mean, you you, you, you take it from, you, you take it from all, all the 13-year-olds, uh, all oh, yeah. the 13-year-old Ronaldo fans. They hate you. Oh, yeah. I'm their number one enemy, I think, at this point. It's, oh, my God. After the game, they're like, oh, Johnny's probably crying because they won. It's like, just because I don't necessarily love a player doesn't mean I'm going to be mad my team won. Because yeah. he scored, like I don't know, I don't get it. Oh, I don't know, man. man. I, I don't. I, I I never. I don't get the fan base of Ronaldo's fan club and how they think. Like this guy's like royalty. Like I don't know who's worse, the Ronaldo fan club or the Messi fan club. I have to say, Ronaldo Ooh. fan club is yeah. worse. They're both bad, but the Ronaldo fan club is worse. I think. Like, Hands down. Yeah. Like then there's the Mariki fan club. Oh, that that that's a that's a serious. No, that's a real fan club, man. It's like they think that guy's god and like he's good. He's so shit, man. I've never <laughs> seen a player as Mariki so bad with his feet. I've never seen a guy who has the height and 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 the, and the physicality to not hold the ball properly, to not fight off defenders properly, and to lose the ball so bad, like. At the start of the year, I thought that Victor Osimhen was bad with his control, but he's gotten better. <laughs> There's progression in his game. There's no progression in, in Mariki's game. Absolutely not one fucking thing. And beating Parma B squad in a Coppa Italia, it does not fucking count for me. Okay, ah. I'm sorry, that does not count for me. Looking looking forward now, like this guy, twenty million. Worst investment, and and I gotta hear people saying that Tade did a great job in the last five years. Look at every deal that Tade made. He did a better job not being given money than him nah. when he's given, when he's given yeah. money. Every that's, that's deal he point. made with money has been bad. Beresha, um, Milan Beresha was not a – well, 
it, it didn't work out. I didn't mind him, but it didn't work out. It was a, a expensive signing. Wallace was another one. We gave him away this past summer for free. That's how bad it got. Like uh, Dennis Vavro, $12 million, and, and he's playing in freaking La Liga alone right now. Like I can keep going, guys. Um, Fares was probably the best deal we've done on a $10 million deal. And you can imagine if he had $50 million in his hand, what he would do. He'd probably bring home three Marikis. Fuck. <laughs> on, on that note, I, I, I want to give everybody a chance to, to shout out their work and their social media. And I'll, 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 I'll first, I'll give the floor to the gentleman who's joining us for the first time. Rafa, we can't thank you enough, man. Where, where can they find you? Where can they find your work? Well, uh, on Twitter, I'm at Rafanopoli83. Uh, that's that Twitter handle is wrong that you see on on my, it's Rafa Napoli with ah. me after the two Fs uh, is my my fault. Um, but also uh, look for me. I'm the co-host of the Raf and Raf rant. Uh, we've had Jerry on the show um, uh, recently. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, uh, you know, Twitter. We now have an Instagram account. But also, I'm the founder of the Far From Vesuvius uh, Network. Um, you know, we do podcasting, we do articles, Jerry's written a few articles for us there too. Um, you know, and, and we do a lot of really cool things. Uh, one of the coolest things that we did was the Maradona era Chronicles, myself and my, uh, my buddy Frank sidekick. Uh, we put those out. Um, we're up to, we've recorded, uh, 88, 89, the Serie A and Coppa Italia because we did the 88, 89 Coppa UEFA win. Uh, separately, and that was when Maradona passed away. That's one of the biggest uh, podcasts we've ever done, big, uh, most downloaded. Check that out. We're going to record 89.90 soon. And on the Raf and Raf rant, we're going to celebrate the 34th anniversary of Napoli's first Scudetto on May 17th. And we're giving away this kit right here. Nice. Uh, so follow us on follow us on Instagram, at Raf rant, uh, and you'll find the details there. Um, but before I leave, uh, leave and let someone else talk, I want to say thank you, Alex, for letting me on. Jerry, for getting in touch with me last minute and uh, our pleasure. hijacking our hijacking our show because we had our show earlier. Oh, nice! Jerry came in and was like, "Raf, I messaged you. Raf, I messaged you. Are you in?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I, so I, I That's so Jerry. On our show. It is Jerry. Uh, uh, I want to say hi to Johnny. Uh, nice to finally meet you in person. Um, you know, I'm, I hate Juventus, but I love what you do on your social media. I do. I do. Um, Alex, again, congratulations on this on the Scudetto. And my Thank man you. Vito, man, I've known Vito what a guy. from Facebook, from from multiple, uh, you know, uh, soccer, calcio uh, uh, platforms. We talk a lot uh, outside of actually seeing each other face to face. And I just want to say, you know, nice to meet you, Vito. Finally, um, I love that you love Sandoria. And I also love that you love 80s Calcio. And I might actually formally invite you onto our show for the Scudetto celebration because you know so much about 80s Calcio. And I just think that you'd be a perfect uh, candidate to, especially since Sampdoria were so badass at that time too. You know, um, I think it'd be cool to have you on too. So maybe I'll uh, message you and work that out. Yeah. 
Yeah, sounds great, Rafa. I really got to thank you for the kind words. I really appreciate that. And uh, it's uh, those kind of comments and uh, interacting with people like you and everyone else here, it just makes everything worthwhile. You know, I think sure. uh, it's great to be nostalgic and also analyze the current Italian soccer stuff. So um, in times like this where, unfortunately, Serie A is no longer the best league in the world, I think it's always great to have that niche market and for people to see what were the great things about the league we love and our teams and also why people should still keep an eye on it, although we're not back on top as yet. And, and, and Vito, while you're on, let people know where they can find you and find your work. Okay, so the main website I contribute for is Forza Italian Football. So I do a lot of news and feature articles for them. I contribute on the podcast weekly with my colleagues Connor Clancy and Kevin Pogjelski. And also I do some writing for Breaking the Lines, which is led by Zach Lowy. And I also say that uh, uh, we'll have a special magazine coming out for the up-and-coming European Championship. So I think that should be out sometime this month. And um Hopefully people can have a look at that because I've actually done a few things based on Italy, even one historical piece. So um, I'd love everyone to come and check that out and uh, spread the word as well. So thanks, guys. Love it. Yeah, awesome. and, and Vito does awesome. a great job. And and John, John he, he has become uh, quickly the king of social media, the king of edits. Where can people find all your stuff? Thank you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Black Johnny, but like Black spelled with a V instead of the B L V C K Johnny. And also, I guess I'll plug this too, but I'm not sure if how many of you guys have Discord or if you've heard of Discord. But me and my buddy uh, are trying to set up the biggest city ad Discord. So if you guys nice. are in that, oh, that'd be cool. You know, you know, I, I will get in for that. I've heard of Perfect. Discord. I'm I'm always five years behind on everything, <laughs> but I will join for that. Perfect. We're trying to grow our community. It's me and my buddy, and he's a Juventus fan too, but we have a bunch of channels set up for everyone. We have Lazio, Napoli, Inter, Milan, Roma so far. So a bunch of you guys can join, and that's what we're trying to do, like watch-alongs and stuff like that with some people. So, you know, that's the biggest thing I'm trying to promote now. I think it would be pretty cool to get a bunch of different uh, City F fans, like you said, because at the end of the day, you know, I may be a Juventus fan, but I'm always cheering for, you know, other Italian clubs in Europe. I'd always you know, force of the league, you know, I'd much rather you guys win than anyone else in England, for example. So that's just, yeah. Join oh, the Discord. And, and, and by the way, is there any way uh, you can like give out the, uh, like the address or something? Cause, uh, cause one of our commenters is asking if there's a way to get a link uh, to the discord. Like, is there any way to share that with our bro there? Oh uh, yeah, I have the link. It's pretty long and there's just like a bunch of like numbers though. So <laughs> I'm not really sure put that out. Well, let, let me ask uh, CC on there. If you, if you follow uh, if you follow Johnny on Twitter, maybe you can put it out there. Yeah, so, I have uh, it up on my Twitter right now, or I can DM it to you or whatever. But yeah, it's just a long code, and you can copy it, and it'll take you straight to your Discord app. You can join. Awesome. Yeah, so, so put him up on Twitter. Go ahead, and, and, and Jerry. J Jerry, you, you got to plug all your stuff, man. I, I love the fact that Jerry, the Interista, has become a regular <laughs> contributor. On Serpents of Madonina. I get all my inter news from Jerry. This is amazing. Well, to piggyback on Gianni there, I was uh, a follower of the London is Blue podcast, and they have a Discord, and it's actually it, – it was doing very well, but I just got sick of the pod and didn't think they offered much of me, so I left. But it, it was actually a good idea. They, 
the actual Discord. But yeah, yeah. Um, the Laziale been writing a lot for them. Uh, Serpent of Mandarina. I, I do a lot of the winners and losers pieces. Uh, you know what? I've actually watched every single Inter game this year, and it's kind of crazy because I haven't missed an Inter or a lot. Even I've missed year. a couple games. And Jerry, I'm <laughs> telling you, Jerry is the Interista. I've missed a couple games. I've seen all of them. I, I'm boycotting every Juve game, basically. I, I for the most part, I fucking. They <laughs> it's are been the fun worst. lately, Jerry. It's been they're, fun lately. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it, it is fun to see them lose, but they're so terrible. To watch. I'm sorry. Even before, like even before this season, they're just so boring to watch their games. I can't be bothered watching eleven guys set back and, and, and wait to get one goal and just play this strategic game where everybody's playing defensive. It's just like, you know what you're doing. You're playing a low block, and let's fucking cover the net. But, yeah, Laziale, Serpens, and Mandarina, and those are the two main sites right now I'm just contributing to. I, I've done a, a few things for Get Italian Football News, but with the season narrowing, narrowing down, I just decided to really focus and just keep it really simple. But I do plan on writing something for Rafa in regards to uh, Napoli. I have a few ideas where I've pitched with him. I just haven't been able to get to them. But overall, that's it. And, yes, I, I'm going to say it. Not congrats to Inter. Congrats to Conte. That's my okay. guy. Okay. Fucking, everybody calls me Inter. I love Conte. This guy's badass, okay? Fucking, he had the balls to get shit going. People doubted him in November. Fire him. People were hashtagging fire fucking Conte. Get Conte rid of him. Out. Conte mm -hmm. out. I, I may actually, or may not have been one of those people. I will not confirm or deny. I I, <laughs> I wrote a, an article which I'll keep on preaching about. Forget a time football news, where I was a firm believer that Conte was the guy, and his sole objective was to win Escudato, and that's what he did. That was why he came to Inter. Did he tank it with 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 uh, for the Champions League? I don't know. Conspiracies, I guess. People See, the thing gonna, is, like, uh, I'm going like, to say... Did, I, did he not? Who knows? No, honestly, I, I I think that would be giving too much... That would be giving Inter too much credit to say that they tanked it in Champions League. I, I thought, if anything, um, Conte was trying to, to make the team something that they weren't, where you notice the style of play that they tried to employ in Champions League, they really wanted to be a team that had possession and played something closer to champagne football... And then you see the identity they've had since January, which has been old school Conte, right? A lot of counterattacking. Like they were, they were really trying to be a different sort of club in Champions League because uh, they probably wanted to play a style that was more in line with the way Champions League clubs usually play, and it just it didn't work. So I honestly, like I, I, I think you're Jerry. I think you're giving them too much credit to say that they tanked Champions League. I think they tried and failed. Possible. It was also a hard group they were in too. I think a lot of people – I hate when I have to hear that Inter lost to Shakhtar, but Roma beat Shakhtar. And it's like yeah. – <laughs> they, they, they didn't lose to him, but the problem was they couldn't beat Shakhtar. Like, if, if they could have scored one goal against Shakhtar, they would have gone through. Yeah, I just think it's stupid, man. Different timing. Diff every week has a different scenario too, a different outcome with football. It's not like it's not like North American sports where you, you play hockey tonight and then tomorrow night you play back-to-back -back and you're going right back at it. With football, it's like it's – Vincenzo said it perfect on, on um, the Fortunopoly podcast, and it's a mental game, and it's a very psychological. Like 
your mind, you, you can be affected mentally in one week and next week you can be very high up in your momentum. Like there's a lot of factors that affect you day to day. Like whereas in North American sports, basketball, baseball, for how much they play on a consistent basis, they have enough time to go right back at it and say, okay, tomorrow night we'll, we'll, we'll try to get the win. In football, you don't have that. You play Sunday. You gotta wait till next Sunday. At seven days, you gotta wait until you think, okay, wow, I gotta reflect on this loss. Imagine if you had a bad performance. You gotta think about that for six days, and it's like, oh shit, that's in the back of your head now. How do you overcome that? So, oh, Jorge, Jorge, congrats on Leon winning yesterday, three two. Big win, buddy. Big win. Big win for Leon. They're not gonna win the league, but they have a good chance to get uh, Champions League. Big, big, big win for them yesterday. And, and, and by the way, he asked me uh, how many drinks I've had. Zero, to be honest. Like I said, like I, I actually, uh, and and this is gonna sound so freaking like like greedy, but I I, w- I was actually kind of hoping that they wouldn't clinch it this past weekend because I had so much goddamn work to do. Like because next weekend I can really cut loose, so I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to get some more drinks. But we're we're, we're done here. Huge thanks to Rafa, Johnny, Vito, and of course Jerry. And to everyone who tuned in and uh, and had a good time with us, and and of course, uh, you know, for, for those of you who hopped on a little bit late, I know a few people just got in. You can catch the replay as soon as we're done here live. Oh, the replay is going to be on eh? YouTube. You're fucking buzz killer, eh? What? <laughs> we're having fun. You killing the party, ending it, dude. Fuck. I'm so tired. I'm so. You guys keep going without me. Enter one of fucking squ- that done. You're saying you're tired, but I'm if tired. Bro, you can't inject me with three fucking needles and it wouldn't take me down if last one fucking that though, okay? You can put a fucking needle up my asshole, I wouldn't go fuck man. Two, two ply would take uh, care of that. Two oh ply. My you, think, God. You, think you, you think you're tired now? Wait till tomorrow. That second <laughs> shot is uh, is rough, man. It's yeah, no, that's that's what I'm worried about. Listen, rough. listen, Jerry, if you want to keep it rolling, you can start one of those spaces on Twitter and you and you, you can yeah, you can, yeah, you can yeah, talk to all the Interisti. Like the Interisti yeah. love Jerry. So what you, the you, fuck is the space, man? I went to that space. I didn't know. And I was the only Lazio fan in there. I was like, oh, fuck, great. man. You, you got like, I was surrounded by 20 Inter fans, maybe one Juventus. And I saw yeah, you, you, you went into an Inter Scudetto <laughs> celebrating like, space. What did you expect? Oh, well, Lazio can't do that, man. First, I don't even think they would want to do it. Two, I don't even know more than freaking 10 Lazio <laughs> fans that would actually like, do it, man. It'd be you, Steven, and Sean, and then you'd have I'm a real, man. anybody I'm honest. Nah, I, I right. can hook you up with another two two Lazio fans. I know personally, actually. So, yeah, I get you. All right, so I, I, I'm guys, a buzzkill, no I, doubt. You are, you are, I guess you are a buzzkill, but let me let me really quick. I know you, I know yeah, you sure. have to go. I know. Sure, it's sure. a long, long outro. I also want to thank you guys, you and, and Jerry, for playing in the uh, podcast uh, predictions league. Scudetto, Even though we missed uh, like 10 uh, weeks, I'm so sorry that's about that. okay. No, it's all good um, because a lot, at the end, it fell off the rails, I believe. Uh, I haven't even calculated the points after week 19. So <laughs> I have a lot of catching up to do, but I do have something – pretty cool for the winners uh, i i make sure i let everybody know that is either on my show or i'm a guest of that is playing in it that the, there's a pretty cool uh prize that i'm working on for the winners so uh if it's you guys that's cool but i don't even know who's in the in the lead so that is but, awesome. but thank you for playing it's it's really cool i appreciate oh, it. 
it, it's a really fun thing, and I love the way that you guys are, are getting a lot of the uh, the podcast together for that. That was really neat. Oh, fuck. We're so stupid, man. We got Champions League this week, and we didn't even fucking ask. Dude, what do you got? If, if you want to start another fucking show, I'm going to bed, Jerry. If you want to start another show, you can get these people together and start a show. Does, does Roma win Thursday? No. <laughs> Cavani hat trick. Cavani hat trick, baby. I'll, I'll kiss him, man, if he does that. All uh, right. All right. Thank you. If you guys if you guys want to join Jerry on Spaces, he's going to be on there until 4 a.m. talking about it. So we will talk to you guys later on another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast. Ciao. <laughs>